everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whichever part of the world you dial in from, welcome to another edition of Go Impact Chats. I'm Helene Lee, your host for Go Impact Chats, as well as the co-founder of Go Impact, a platform to fast track sustainable finance and really to drive this agenda that is so pertinent today, made even more pertinent by the coronavirus outbreak. I'm so pleased to have with me today a very special guest, Alexandre Lazarov. I'll let him introduce himself, but he is actually a banker turned entrepreneur, now turned author. So Alex, welcome to the show and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much. And I love your French pronunciation. So I'm, uh, by day, I'm a global venture capitalist. I work for a fund called Cathay Innovation. And uh, on the side, I've been teaching entrepreneurship at the Middlebury Institute for International Studies, which is Middlebury College's graduate program. And through both my experience investing in startups around the world, but also teaching students who are going to go found startups, I became actually really frustrated. I kept wanting to share materials on best practice on innovation and was always stymied. I always felt like I was giving books that were very rooted in a context, in a time and a place about growing really fast or uh, building software-based startups only. And yet around the world, many of the best entrepreneurs are operating in contexts that look different, where there's less capital, where there is less depth of trained startup human capital, or that might face more challenging and more regular macroeconomic shocks like the ones that we're experiencing today. And I think that the best entrepreneurs mm -hmm. operating in Hong Kong or Singapore or Nairobi or Bangalore or Detroit or Chicago have more in common with the best entrepreneurs in Sao Paulo than they do in, with those in San Francisco, and yet no one is telling their stories. And so the book, I'll Innovate, How Global Entrepreneurs from Delhi to Detroit are Rewriting the Rules of Silicon Valley, which was just released by HBR Press, is really my effort to do that, to really catalog where I think some of the best entrepreneurs and social entrepreneurs from around the world are not only challenging conventional wisdom, Increasingly, they're reinventing the playbook for innovation in some meaningful ways. Well, that's really exciting. I mean, it's, you know, sort of like banking from the traditional banking uh, perspectives, looking at how you weave in um, a more purpose way to do business into the capital markets and making use of the entrepreneurial skills. What we're seeing also, um, Alex, is that with coronavirus outbreak, it really is a test of resilience. And how do you see that actually panning out with some of the portfolio companies you might be working with? And how have you actually built that into your book, for instance? I think it's such an important question. You know, in some ways, maybe taking a step back, I think a lot of innovation best practice has been rooted around this methodology and this approach of growth at all costs, this chasing the unicorn type model, where it was okay to subsidize user acquisition and service of growth. It was okay to raise a ton of capital and increase burn in service of growth. And all this had to be done as quickly as possible. In the book, I coined this idea of the camel as a juxtaposition to the, to the unicorn philosophy. Uh, you know, an animal that is real and doesn't exist in made up lands that can sprint across the desert and drink water faster than anything, but can also survive the world's harshest environments. And how do camels get built? How are entrepreneurs camels? I think they do three things. I think one, they focus on sustainability and unit economics from the get-go, they manage burn so that it isn't, the valley of death isn't too deep. Obviously in every business and mm -hmm. startups, you have to invest in the future and there's burn, that's normal. The question is how deep and for how long? And I think camels try to modulate that and manage it. And third is, I think they take a long-term approach 
to be able to scale successfully. And what I believe is that we're going to see coming out of the coronavirus and this time is we're going to be focused on how to build sustainability and resilience into the business model for good. Like obviously there's a reaction now uh, to how to survive, but I think this is going to infuse itself in how to build businesses. And that best practice is not going to come from Silicon Valley. It's going to come from the best entrepreneurs that have been operating in the most challenging ecosystems with less capital from around the world already. And so I think that we're going to see this renew, renowned and growth in the camels uh, going forward. Wow, I like that analog. I mean, a camel versus a unicorn. Uh, a unicorn is actually, a, you know, a, a legendary animal. We don't know whether it exists, but animals exist and have existed for a long time. And I love that analogy around how you build in the resilience, uh, manage the burn rate, and how do you actually survive that valley of death before you actually see, uh, you know, the true north, you know, the, the, the guiding light. Now, tell us a little bit more about how you see, I mean, it's actually very timely for you to release your book uh, right now uh, in this you know, outbreak, because I think people's attention are turning to this more so than ever. Um, it's really shifting the whole momentum. Tell us a little bit of some of the themes that you might see uh, of investors and, and entrepreneurs. Are they more focused on particular themes like climate change, climate finance, or education or others? Yeah, you know, one of the things that I think is most exciting about what might happen, you know, obviously we're going through an incredibly challenging time, but I'm a venture capitalist, so I'm a perennial optimist. And I think, <laughs> that, I, I think that we're going to come out of this and we're going to have a renewed focus on solving incredible challenges. And, you know, topical to this, to this discussion, I think one of the things that we're going to see is that entrepreneurs are going to shift a focus from disruption to creation. If you actually mm. look at the Valley, 18% of unicorns in the United States of the 300 unicorns tackle topics like financial inclusion, education, future of work, agriculture, climate change. If you look at entrepreneurs around the world, taking Sub-Saharan Africa as an example, uh, because I did, I did the analysis there, over 60% of entrepreneurs are in those same sectors. So they're tackling different problems. And the solutions that they're offering are solutions that already did not exist in the market before. So it isn't disrupting something existing. It's really taking this creator's mindset. Two, solving something that's for the mass market, not just the top of the pyramid. And three, often they are the shoulders of uh, giants upon which others build. And my hope and my belief is that this crisis has laid bare many of the challenges that we have as a society. And you know, in the US where I live, right, uh, you could be a disruptor in fintech, but you can actually create markets of 60 million Americans that don't have access to financial products and services, 80 million that have poor or uh, under access to healthcare insurance and others. I think there's so many problems that are exposed where we can take an approach to really take through a combination of technological innovation and business model innovation, rethink and remake and retool industries to really solve these critical industries. And I think that's what we're going to see more of coming out of the crisis, I hope, as a solution to some of these challenges. Yeah, absolutely. I think coronavirus has really hit a pause and reset button. And if we are wise enough in some ways to try to learn the lessons from that so that it doesn't have to repeat itself and really have a new normal that includes some of you know, the aspects that you just mentioned. I mean, it's really sad to see that you know, a, a lot of Americans in the 
one of the most wealthy countries in the world are still struggling with healthcare, with some of the very basics, access, and uh, you know, so on. But By another way, interesting- I was just- Another interesting, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just saying, by the way, I think the call is global. It isn't just uh, the United States as well. Like the Business Roundtable came out last year redefining the purpose of the corporation around this idea that they also have to have impact. I think that as a society, we're all looking to business to be part of the solution. And I think that we have this tremendous opportunity and the tools now to do some more things. And so just echoing your belief, I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just going to say that, you know, whether it be the letters from Larry Fink, uh, you know, the CEO of BlackRock, uh, that really re-emphasize how purpose and sustainability need to be, you know, underpinning their, their portfolios, to the recent acquisition and going abroad of, you know, Sophie, that acquired eight securities uh, in Hong Kong, a Hong Kong-based, um, you know, um, digital securities firm. I think the, the, the world you know, that whole globalization and reaching out as one community, that is not going to stop. And hopefully, uh, with all the texts and the tools that are available to us, this is going to be a new chapter of that. Any last uh, thoughts um, or advice or tips based on your experience and what you, in your book for, for our listeners? Yeah, maybe two, two thoughts around innovation best practice tied to your point around the globalization and some of these challenges. One of the things that I've really admired of entrepreneurs operating in ecosystems outside the Valley is this ability to be born global. And I think there's two ways to that. One is targeting many markets from the get-go and building it into your organization, your product, and your culture to be able to adapt to different contexts and to scale internationally, partially as a result that the local TAM might be smaller, partially um, as an ambition to really solve a global, global challenge. The other side of the coin of that is um, distributed teams where many of the best entrepreneurs around the world are tapping the best of the world for talent, no matter where they are and doing that to um, access unique folks, to increase diversity, to manage costs, to build that, that culture and that momentum. I think those trends are here to stay. We might feel like we are in a world where borders might be physically closing up temporally as a reaction to, to Corona, I'm hopeful and my belief is that the long, long arm of this will continue and that the best of entrepreneurship will continue to be global, the best ideas will be inspired from anywhere and continue to inspire others everywhere and that businesses will tap the world for talent and the best talent wherever it's from. And so that's my hope uh, coming out of Corona and, and in an area that I dive into many tips and tricks on, on how to do it tactically in the book. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Alex. I'm a hopeful, I'm an optimist like yourself. And maybe there is really light at the end, you know, of the tunnel. Uh, If our minds and our brains, you know, the borders are not closed there, it doesn't really matter what other borders there are. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you so much and very well said. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. 